welcome to the Move Well Radio Podcast, where we discuss all things related to health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Roger St. Ange, doctor of physical therapy, founder of Move Athletics Physical Therapy and Performance. So whether you're coaching CrossFit or your kid's soccer team or something like that, that's a lot of calories being burned that you're probably not factoring into um, what you're consuming just because in our heads, that's not exercise. That's just life. That's my job. That's me coaching my kid's soccer team. It's not exercise. But in all reality, that's contributing more to what you should be eating or not eating than anything else, than that one hour in the gym. Um, So shifting how you think about that one hour in the gym versus the rest of your day like yes it's important and yes I 100% advocate people working out regularly in whatever that looks like for them whether you want to go ice skating rollerblading crossfit hiking it's important but it's not as important as what you're doing the rest of the day talk to me more about that like what are the things that that go into like the the caloric need so there's like that would be uh an example of like your physical activity level right or is that more of your total daily energy expenditure like where does that fit in like um so neat that would be total energy expenditure because you are it's actually energy you're expending and burning but there's other factors um like your hormone status like if you have any sort of autoimmune disorder or thyroid condition or imbalance there it's going to affect how you're absorbing nutrients how you're burning calories or not burning calories um health conditions like um high cholesterol low cholesterol it's all going to impact the non the non-expenditure calories so there's the thermal effect of food so we burn calories by eating food itself just because digest digestion requires energy to make happen so that's another way we burn um calories then the neat and then at rest i mean you could lay in bed all day and you're still going to burn calories and that's your resting metabolic rate so a lot of times people who don't do formal activities think that they can get away with eating 500 calories a day because they aren't doing anything but you really are doing something you're living like living (laughs) living takes calories your heart needs to beat your lungs need to breathe your eyes blink whether or not you want them to so all of that requires energy and again it's not something that we think about because we don't need to think about breathing we don't need to think about our heart beating but if you're not eating enough that can just spiral down into negative implications where your heart stops beating exactly no and honestly that's (laughs) yeah one of the scary things with anorexia is if you cut calories down too low that's one of the common things that they will um hospitalize people for is just their heart can't beat anymore because there's not enough energy um so not to take things down a sad road but it's real life yeah right so there's nothing it's not like happy or sad it's it's real things that people deal with that that they need to hear about so if that's you listening to this right now and you're heading down that road like hey just just know that that's one of those things and nobody i think gets in that situation is like you know what i'm anorexic like right nobody wants to be there no 
It's just their relationship with food and the way they think about things just continues to spiral in a more and more skewed direction. Right. They they don't realize it. Nobody realizes uh, immediately that they have had an error in the way that they're thinking until like somebody else can do a good job at pointing it out to them. And right. And that's that's my job. I am not a therapist. I cannot help solve anorexia or any other eating disorders. But oftentimes people don't realize they have that going on. So it sometimes it's me uncovering that or helping them uncover it for themselves. And on it, like I'll say, I would rather you go spend your money with a therapist and get treatment because that's what you need than continue to pay to work with me because I can't help you with that. I mean, I can help support you and work as a team with you and your therapist, but I can't fix that for you. That's not my specialty. What what you're saying is that you're going to do what's best for your clients? Weird. That's that's weird. You actually give a shit about them as a person. Right. And I... I would feel guilty if I ever impressed upon them something that made that situation worse. And that's why I am not a therapist or a specialist in that, in eating disorders or any other area, but I, I've worked with enough people where I can identify them and start to push people to realize that for themselves. Um, I think it's hard for a lot of people to admit that they do struggle with some sort of disordered eating or disordered views with food and most people have been there at some point and it's just whether or not they can get out of that on their own or if they need help and there's nothing wrong with needing help i need help with a lot of things everything i need help with everything putting on my shoes <laughs> no i think you raise a good point and and uh, i don't know if my sarcasm was lost there but like uh, there's just a lot of people that uh, that get into any kind of business or even like coaching helping business like just for the money and that's bullshit you know like we're both in this to just help people so it's the same thing if you call us and and you're talking to me or jess or whoever like you're talking to on the phone if you're not a good fit you're going to do better somewhere else like we're going to tell you hey you need to go see somebody else we're not going to help you or there's somebody that's going to be able to help you better so like just having that i I agree with that entirely it's in what's in their best interest we frequently refer out to psychologists right there's a lot of people that like there's a lot of stuff going on upstairs that they need right well and even dealing with an injury i'm sure has a lot of mental implications and can lead to depression or other things when you can't do the things that you're used to doing or enjoy or god forbid you had like a major injury and you'll never be able to get back to doing whatever you were doing before yeah yeah absolutely so let's uh let's let's talk about meals should I eat uh, six small meals throughout the day or should I eat uh, one big one or three? Or does it matter? I love that. Because how many times have people said you need to eat six small meals a day to keep your metabolism burning consistently? I hear that all the time and it's just not true. Um, you're going to end up burning the same amount of calories by the end of the day. Um, as far as energy goes, it may be beneficial to eat more frequently smaller meals just because you're going to think of like an IV drip. You're going to kind of have a constant source of energy and you're not going to have as many um, insulin lows and then spikes, um, which is kind of funny because intermittent fasting plays on the opposite end of that where they say you're only spiking it once, but you're only eating once or twice a day. So again, that's finding the answer you want to support your 
That's a whole other episode we could get into talking about keto and intermittent fasting and like. Which I mean, there are certain situations it's beneficial, but for the vast majority, not so much. Um, and at the end of the day, eating at equilibrium or below or above, depending on what your goals are, is what matters most. Not how many times a day you eat. Yeah. For performance, it does matter if you want to maximize that, like making sure you're eating enough before and after. But again, that's situational and depends on what your specific goals are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If I go back down to like just talking about keto, like I can't imagine doing like long, like imagine running 100 miles like on a keto diet. How do you do that? No, I mean. I mean, I don't I have no idea. I, uh, I'm not an expert in keto. No, uh-huh. but long endurance events, they do use fat as a fuel source more than the shorter stuff. But you're, you still need glycogen and carbs to make that happen. So at that point, what's happening is you're able to eat enough carbs and stay in ketosis oh. because you're burning through them so quickly. Gotcha. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like I've not right. looked into keto. Like I'm, I'm not well educated on on that or like the the outcome of a lot of the effects of of intermittent fasting. Um, intermittent fasting is interesting, and like I said, it's in certain situations it can be beneficial, especially for people with. Um, trying to heal their gut or even there's a lot of more recent studies where it's beneficial for people dealing with cancer um, just to limit the amount of time and types of food they're Mm. eating but for like I said for the vast majority of people I don't like limitation in any regard bingo no limitation on foods like eating keto I'm not you're limiting and omitting a huge array of foods if you do vegan you're omitting a a whole entire food group where (laughs) what if you if you're a vegan and you're not supplementing appropriately you're not getting in amino acids because there's certain ones that are only found in animal products so if you are being a true vegan and not consuming animal products you need to be supplementing appropriately and i will never like if someone comes to me and tell me they're a vegan for religious, moral, XYZ reasons, and actually have a reason beyond watching Game Changers, I'm not going to try to change your mind on it. I'm going to educate you a little bit and give you suggestions on why we need to supplement this way, this way, and this way. But if you have a valid why to why you're doing something, who am I to try to change that? That's who you are, and if that's what makes you happy, that's fine. I mean, I just want you to be educated. So... Not to harp on game changers and empower, exactly. But that was a documentary that came out, and after that, there was a ton of people who wanted to go vegan and vegetarian because it was the answer to everything. And I'm like, no, that's (laughs) not a good reason. And then I would I helped them understand that the studies they cited weren't all that accurate, and who funded it, and so on and so forth. And it kind of changed their mind about wanting to be vegan which I'm sure would have happened after about two weeks of not eating meat. <laughs> Unless they were really committed to not wanting to eat meat for a moral reason. Yeah. Because that why matters with everything. Abs- absolutely. And see, this is why this is why we have smart people like you to, to send out to when we have questions or people that need a deeper dive and help on these things in depth because 
that's that's amazing and i love the way that you look at that it's like hey you know what like i'm not gonna try to change your mind like I, we know that uh being com- very restrictive doesn't set people up for success in general in the long term right most people don't do well with extreme restriction and then that's where like crash dieting comes into play and then they fall right. off the wagon and so i love that but if there's like a, a reason and you know you you know the science behind it you know like what's good what's bad you're very well educated in all of these uh different realms and, and that's amazing well, and even certain health things, I mean, I don't want to say I don't like restricting and limiting diets, but there are certain scenarios where, I mean, you may need to follow a certain diet in order to get that condition under control. But once that's under control, we can start moving to a more, I don't want to say normal, but less restrictive less, less restrictive diet and start incorporating other things, unless it's like an allergy or something like that where you're just not... I like not. how you keep bringing it back to the like, unless this is an allergy, please don't eat that well, stuff. Well, no, I, I say that because <laughs> I, ha- I, I had one client where she was allergic to eggs but would eat RX bars. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, there's 12 ingredients and they're all listed on the label and you're eating eggs and you're, clear, you're allergic to eggs. Like, can we not? Can we not? And she, wouldn't, she couldn't make the connection. And I'm like, read the label, please. <laughs> yeah you know that's where communication skills come into play like working with people you're really good at communicating because people don't want to know people don't want to hear things you can't there's a lot of people you can't like just tell them things like they have to come to that conclusion themselves you right know, and like, that's sometimes when i'm like well i'll let you and yeah. then compare to how did you feel when you ate this versus when you didn't eat this yeah so like as long as it's not going to kill them like letting them have that learning experience is sometimes beneficial oh, yeah. what it takes for people to make that connection yeah absolutely okay so uh what else what else do we have to chat about uh, let's see i don't i don't know anything uh anything that you want to chat about that we haven't I haven't asked about yet uh, i think we covered a bunch of it i encourage anyone who has questions to ask them um i love questions so shoot me an email or um, I don't want to blow up your DM box under this. No, yeah. Shoot, shoot us a shoot us a DM on the uh, Instagram or, or, or on the Facebook at uh, Move Athletics PT um, for, for Casey. Just says, no, hey, get some nutrition questions and we'll get those answered for you. Absolutely. And then we started with a quote, so I'm going to start with or end with my own quote. Um, and it's pretty much plan like you're going to live to a hundred, but live like you're going to die tomorrow. And sometimes that means just eating the cake. <laughs> so yes, it's important to have goals and, and to value your health. But what's the point if you're restricting every day, like you're not going to enjoy it. So finding that balance and eating that cake and enjoying the here and now and not worrying about the future is important to me. So that's one of my primary goals for people. I mean, obviously, my goal is whatever your goal is. But as a human being, I try to help people find that balance and truly enjoy their life. And What's the point otherwise, right? Like, right. If you're not happy, why? What's What's the point? Absolutely. Like A lot of people think that uh, – I'm just going to run with this. Uh, a lot of people think that, like, hey, when I hit this, they have these arbitrary goals, right? 
It's like when somebody says, like, I want to make a million dollars. Okay, like, why? Like, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, why? Yeah. You hit 20 pounds, and you're like, that's not good enough. I want to lose another 20. I want to do this. Right. I want to – and it's like we need to get to, like, an actual why that allows you to enjoy life. Like, what can we do? Like, okay, if you got weight goals, that's great, but you uncover the why behind them. So you can actually help, help them hit those deeper goals of whatever it is that's actually going to bring them happiness and joy to their right. life. Because at the end of the day, losing five pounds is not going to make you happier. You are – just because you're a smaller being, you are not going to be happy because you're a smaller being. Whatever motivated you to want to be smaller. Did you want to lose that weight so you could play with your kids more? Did you want to come off some medications? Did you have um, a physique competition where you needed to in order to compete in that, but that's something you truly enjoy? Then, yeah, that's what's going to make you happy. It's not the actual being a smaller human being that's making you happy. So brings it, that why brings it right back down to that dimmer switch versus light switch analogy that you gave. I might have been in the last podcast. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll reiterate it again. Um, nutrition and just like anything in life, in my opinion, should be more like a dimmer switch versus a light switch. So if you walk into a room and have a light switch, you can only turn it on and off. If you have a dimmer switch, you can turn it from low to high and dim to bright. So there's a lot of gray area, right, with a dimmer switch. But that allows for those birthday parties where you have some cake and then you dial it back a little bit and then dial it up versus either I'm not going to have it or I'm going to have it or I'm going to have it all or not all. Um, so just it helps with moderation and being able to find balance versus an extreme of off or on and having no middle ground. Because I'm sure we can all attest to the fact that life is very gray. It's very rarely <laughs> yeah. white or black or white. There's a lot of gray. So trying to apply a black and white process to a gray area usually doesn't end well. Yeah, I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Fall on my face several times. Not even just in nutrition, just like in life. With the, was I, I was a very black or white individual for a long time. It's either this or that. Like there's no in between. Right. And it's just not, it's just, it caused me a ton of unnecessary strife, honestly, you know, um, <clears throat> even with the diet, right? With, with nutrition. Like when I first started, uh, getting into nutrition, like I prepped my meals, uh, five or six a day to a string bean, I bet. Yeah. And I put them all in Tupperwares yep. for the week and I did not eat outside of the Tupperware. I took my Tupperware with me wherever I went and that was it. Nothing outside of it, Period. Right. It was terrible. It was miserable. I was going to say, what did it take away, though? You yeah. didn't get to go out with your kids. You couldn't have ice cream on a hot summer day. You were spending that time measuring and prepping that. I mean, I mean yes, if you have specific goals that require that, yes, then we're going to align your actions with your goals. But you, typically when you need to be that restrictive and that calculated, it's a short-term goal. It's yeah. nothing long-term, and it's nothing sustainable. Oh, it wasn't even like yeah, – it was not sustainable or healthy. I was like, you know what? Let's see how lean – let's see how lean I can get. And uh, I got down to like 6% body fat, but it was like gross. It was like – it was cool because I had like lines and veins like in my abs. Right. But not sustainable. Not fun. Wasn't happy. I no. was hungry and irritable all the time, and my face was like all sunken in, and I looked like a zombie. Right, and what's the cost of getting lean? There are trade-offs. So, I mean, there are like a, there are sports specific to being lean, like physique sports. But what do you have to give up in order to make that happen? And is that something you're willing to do? And then beyond that, what are the health trade-offs? Because 
there are being lean does not equate to being healthy. Not at all. No, there's an essential amount of body fat that your bodies need in order to live. And for men, that's somewhere between eight and 12% would be the low end. So dipping below that is when things start to go south as far as health goes. And you're going to start having negative implications on things like testosterone. Um, just to throw that out there. I mean, you're going to lose energy. You're going to, and you're eventually going to start to lose that muscle mass. So for women, it's somewhere between 12 and 16% is a good, like you're lean there. Um, but you still have your period. You don't want to get down. You still have your period. You're still producing hormones and there's some, I mean, you need body fat and oftentimes people are like, Oh, I want to be 10% body fat. I'm like, you could be, but I don't think that's healthy. Mm. So again, what's your why? And how long is that why going to last? Because like, is it worth it to you? Yeah. Like what's, why do you want to be a 10%? Like what does that mean to you? I just want to look at it. Like, but why? Like get down to that why? Because I, honestly, like when I got down to 6%, that was a temporary thing. That was like a game. That was like a, I'm going to commit to this and I'm just going to see how far it goes over like the next three months. Right. But man, the bounce back from that was terrible. I like... Right. Well, because you were so, res- well, that, so restrictive. So restrictive. And then your body wasn't used to digesting that amount of food or all those types of food. So I'm pretty sure you probably felt like crap for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, before yeah, you started to feel better. I felt like crap in the late stages of it, anyways. It was like performance was down, irritability was way up, sleep was terrible, lifting was awful. Right, and that's like, another good point, too. If you have any sort of performance goals that rely on. Um, energy and not like standing on a stage the deficit you need to create in order to make that happen is not going to support your performance at all and again you'll probably end up injured burnt out tired you're not going to sleep well because your body is so stressed out it's going to start producing more cortisol and cortisol fun fact um aside from being a stress hormone it's the hormone that wakes us up in the morning so if it's spiking sooner than it should be because you're not eating enough you're going to have sleep disturbances and oftentimes wake up multiple times through the night if not earlier just earlier which is the best case scenario where you're just going to be like wide awake at 4 a.m good thing i get up at 4 a.m anyway oh, 4 30 <laughs> 4 30 um yeah but you know with that being said i also I mean, I try to prioritize my sleep right like uh and it's taking me a long time to get here but if i go to bed late and I'm on like five hours of sleep, I am going to sleep in a little bit instead of getting up to have that extra hour to go to the, well, come to the clinic and work out, not go to the gym, but like come here and work out, you know? And that's a, that was a hard thing for me to wrap my head around. But man, since I started prioritizing my sleep, I feel so much better. And, so and you're getting more out of the workouts you Hell are getting. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. More isn't more, better is better. Yeah. So. More, more isn't better. Better is better. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, less is more slow is smooth smooth is fast some of those can we go through like a lot uh, that <laughs> makes me think of nick <laughs> every time you say that slow is smooth and smooth is fast uh it's so true though right like more isn't better better is better smarter is better harder is not better right like so if you're looking for a magic pill uh and you're trying to uh be faster look better naked or just be healthy, not go down the route that maybe some of your family members went down that have diabetes and heart disease and these uh, what we call metabolic diseases, uh, things that are very avoidable. And, and you come from a family history of poor health. Like, you, you don't, there's no magic pill, right? It's just consistency and prioritizing the right areas nutrition, sleep, hydration, movement, and 
having it all in moderation to do it daily over decades. Consistency. Yep. Because a little by little adds up to a lot. Mic drop. Ending it there. Thanks for awesome. coming on, Casey. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, we'll have you again. And, uh, you know, if you, again, if you guys have any questions, uh, you can email them to uh, Casey at MoveAthleticsPT.com. Or what would be really cool, you could just shoot them to us in a DM so we can actually uh, probably just post some answers there on our story so everybody can benefit. You know, if you have a question and you don't want your name put out there, that's totally fine. We don't have to, like, put your name out there. But uh, we're always trying to share information with as many people as we possibly can, uh, thus the podcast and all the content we put out. So if we respond to you directly in an email, like, that's cool. But think about how many other people might have that same question that are just too afraid to actually ask it and how many other people you could help out if we could answer it publicly. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to say thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tagging at MoveAthleticsPT so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from me, make sure that you follow at MoveAthleticsPT on Instagram and Facebook and then subscribe to the Move Athletics newsletter at www.moveathleticspt.com. All right, guys. Catch you next episode.